1: We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers, and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Sophie Barrington, an archer creative, are the experts in equine marketing, and Sophie understands how to achieve success in the horse industry, providing innovative and outcome-driven marketing services that result in a dramatic difference to your bottom line. Go to horsechats.com, search for Sophie, search for Barrington or search for Archer Creative to find her contact details. And I'm delighted, of course, to have Sophie on today to talk to us about 10 trends for a thriving social media presence in 2019. And I just can't think of anyone better, Sophie, than you to talk about this. So thank you for coming today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Now, Sophie, I know that, you know, we talk about social media presence and social media marketing and it's just totally different. How long has social media marketing been around? You know, because I'm sure that you talk to a lot of people, you know, in the pre-computer, pre-internet days, there was just nothing at all like it. It was maybe word of mouth, but social media, it's quite big, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Social media is, is a huge beast um, and, and often it's quite overwhelming for a lot of business owners to mm-hmm. get a handle on and that's because it changes so frequently. Uh, a lot of business owners feel they can't always keep up to date uh, with those changes. But social media, I suppose, in a nutshell, is really over a decade old uh, for some of the major platforms. Um, and social really is something that began as a very low-cost uh, advertising platform. You could get a lot of gains very quickly from social media, um, and it was uh, really something that was uh, very new not that long ago in the sense of a lot of businesses felt they needed to be on social because everyone else is. Um, that's really so. What we're going to talk about today are a couple of trends um, that are predicted for this year, and you'll see very quickly, um, you know, what social media is becoming and really what it has to be all about uh, for the equine business.
1: Okay, good, good. Now, I know that people talk about trust and privacy, you know, like like some people, and I've heard them, I'm not going to have a Facebook account because there's no uh, privacy on it or whatever. But can you talk to us a little bit about trust and privacy within social media? Mm,
0: most definitely. So 2018 was actually a really turbulent time uh, for social. Um, at a lot of the centre of the controversies were actually Facebook and Twitter and, you know, they're very recognisable social platforms. A lot of e-client businesses particularly are on Facebook uh, and also a lot of horse racing Uh, Businesses, trainers, journos, they're also on Twitter. So, you know, there were some pretty major events that happened. So the Cambridge Analytica crisis was on Facebook, uh, where a lot of uh, private information was released very publicly. And that really scared a lot of people. Um, Twitter had to purge millions of fake accounts from its platforms in 2018. And even on Instagram, a lot of our uh, celebrity level influencers um, have actually kind of been uh, shown to have a lot of inauthentic likes, follows, and comments. So what we're actually seeing is that a lot of this fakeness, uh, fake news, uh, release of information uh, into the, into the, uh, I guess, atmosphere in the sense of um, those those crises that happened You know, that has really been really taken a tumble for social media platforms. So we know that trust is hard won and uh, easily lost. Um, So really, you know, in the wake of such a year of uncertainty, 2019 is hopefully what it will shape up to be and what it's predicted to shape up to be is a year to regain trust and restore privacy. So, you know, as these social media trends that we'll go through today will show 2019 is the year for creating meaningful connections and it's really important that businesses don't forget the nature of social is to be social and uh, that it's really important to respect people's privacy and to maintain uh, private information very, very carefully.
1: Sophie, you talked about 2019, but authenticity, you know, is it the year of authenticity?
0: Yes, it is. So, a lot of marketers who are commenting on social media, given everything that happened in 2018, they are tipping that 2019 is the year of authenticity on social media. So, for a lot of businesses, this means really looking at how they can be more authentic on social media. So, really moving away from hiding behind a company logo, moving away from very static, out-of-touch updates. And really getting deeper into more storytelling, uh, you know, showing what happens behind the scenes, um, being a little bit vulnerable, you know, including stories that are perhaps a little bit raw and emotional to really tap into uh, that shared emotion that we all have as human beings. So a lot of uh, the trends that are predicted for 2019 are around uh, telling stories to create more transparent and meaningful relationships. And this was really, uh, this started actually funnily enough in early 2018. So before all of those turbulent events happened on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, um, Facebook actually announced a focus on more meaningful interactions on the platform um, as part of an updated algorithm back in early 2018. So this algorithm favours genuine interaction and engagement and it actually penalises baiting tactics. So something I see a lot of horse businesses do, and this is not just limited to horse businesses, but I am commenting on the industry uh, obviously particularly, is I do see from time to time businesses still utilising baiting tactics on social media where they put up a post and to basically generate engagement, They're asking people to like it or to share it or to comment on it. Um, And we have to be really careful that we don't be seen as trying to bait engagement because we might actually get penalised by platforms like Facebook. So, we need to think about how as businesses, we can actually get better at storytelling um, if you want to cut through all the clutter because it's obviously a very competitive environment on social media. So, one thing that has emerged on firstly Snapchat and now Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and even LinkedIn are actually more dynamic ways for people to tell their stories and brands to tell their narratives. And these actually aptly name stories. So Instagram stories is is one of the very popular methods um, of creating a post now on the platform.
1: All right. And how can we build this better? So if we're talking about building a better brand narrative or telling stories, storytelling, how can we make it better?
0: Well, I guess it's really understanding that people don't buy products, they buy stories. They buy a story that means something to them. And often the hero of the story has to be the customer. It needs to speak to them. It needs to tap into either their pains or their desires or something else that's happening in their lives to make it relevant to them. Um, But it's also, you know, being more uh, focused on telling your own story as a business owner or as an employee. Um, To help to build that trust because sharing stories and being vulnerable um, often means that we can become more trustworthy because we're willing to show ourselves from out from behind the scenes. We're not just hiding behind a company logo or you know hiding behind some other method where it's not really as human as uh, obviously a human face and a human voice are. So, these stories that I mentioned, as I mentioned, it started on Snapchat, um, this kind of vertical form content that basically disappears after about 24 hours um, and it's really taken off on Instagram and Facebook and even YouTube and actually, funnily enough, it's now on LinkedIn, which is quite unusual. Um, given it's a very different B2B platform, not so much uh, for the consumer side. Mm, So basically, uh, this idea taps into our biology of telling stories. You know, throughout millennia of human existence, we have told stories as a way to connect, um, to share language and to share history. And so it's very, very human uh, for us to be willing to actually tell stories. So uh, I mentioned before that, you know, consumers actually respond really positively to brands who are more vulnerable, who actually open up. And um, I think that we can all have, um, you know, take a bit of a a page out of this book of being vulnerable and showing what happens behind the scenes. It might be showing how your office is run um, for a certain horse business or meeting some of the staff who work at your riding school or even some of the horses, of course. Or it might be showing, you know, how your product is manufactured, where it comes from. Um, You know, all of those things are really important. And actually creating content that shows those things um, is really powerful because it becomes more human and it obviously becomes more relatable.
1: Yep, yep, yep. So if we're adding that personal touch, what's the best way, the best techniques of being vulnerable, you know, telling people who we are, but... How much do they need to know more about the business and person? You know, like just tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, well, we we want to make sure that we don't put ourselves in a way that will be unprofessional. So we have to. There is a careful line to be drawn, I think. So you know, a business owner or. Uh, someone who works within the business, whether it's a high-level person or an employee, um, you know, showing their faces, telling their stories is really wonderful, but we don't want to teeter on to actually oversharing. So, there's no reason to tell stories um, that would be inappropriate to share. Obviously, there's no reason to share inside information about your business and how it's run, um, if that would be detrimental, obviously, to your business, either your <laughs> reputation or the bottom line of course we don't want to be um creating any mistakes um that would open ourselves up to situations like that um but basically we want to really move away from hiding behind the logo um because business with people we often want to do business with people that we know uh people that we like and obviously a an natural extension of that is that we actually trust them so we can't really create trust if you have no idea what Who's at the other end? If all you see is a logo, you don't really know who you're talking to, who you're buying from. So actually showing the faces behind the scenes is a really great way to engage people. Uh, And this might be the owner or a high-level leader or even an employee. It doesn't need to be someone who's in a position of power. And even actually showing employees is really wonderful because we're not just showing people who have the influence uh, within the company, we're showing people who go to work every day and put in the efforts to make everything possible that happens at the company. So basically, we can engage employees and and certainly the directors and the founders, of course, um, you know, in those stories with video content, um, having them contribute to blog content, having them talk on podcasts like this. Uh, webinars as well are really really wonderful too Um, and just utilizing all the different functions on social media so those Instagram stories and Facebook stories that I mentioned um, and really just experimenting and seeing what kind of content you're comfortable making and then obviously what kind of content um, gets the uh, the reach and the engagement that you're hoping for.
1: Okay okay stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification that is that the latest version of the book 101 Careers in the Horse Industry is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine. Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, you've talked a little bit, you know, in the past about video. Tell us a bit more. we Are using video for the social media presence? Is that the best way or images or, yeah, just tell us a bit more about um, what what else we should use. And also, too, if we are using video, something about, you know, the length, the software, the quality. I'm sure you've got a mass amount of information here, but... uh, Yeah, we might have to come back again and do another complete podcast on video, but just tell us a few tips there as well.
0: Look, video still continues to hold top spot as one of the most engaging forms of social media content, hands down. And even even stories typically are essentially, they can be uh, static images, but what works best is actually moving the image. So it could be a really short, uh, essentially kind of 30-second or shorter spurt of um, a video, or it might be a longer um, piece to camera or something uh, in that kind of format. But basically, videos are still really powerful. Um, it's really important to think about, um, of course, the elements like quality. Uh, one really important thing to remember if you are producing videos uh, for platforms like Facebook, is that your video will show in the news feed muted. So the best thing to do is actually add captions to your video so that no one's missing out on the important message. Um, Often when people are scrolling, they'll see those captions and if they read something that interests them, they'll then click on the video and then the sound will start. So we don't want to miss out on that um, by not having captions. Um, But that being said, there's all sorts of types of videos. So you can get really creative and have a lot of fun with video content on social media um, this year. So there's short videos, which are typically you know, up to 30 seconds in length. Making sure you have those captions in place so you don't miss any potential viewers. Uh, long videos, uh, normally you know a minute or longer. They might even go right up to kind of documentary-length videos. They're gonna be really ideal for platforms like YouTube. And Vimeo, where people are actually wanting to look purely for video content on Facebook and Instagram, we would be interrupting them or asking too much if we were asking them to, you know, spend minutes or even longer um, watching your video. So just being mindful of the timing of your videos and where it's going to be the best place to publish them. Um, As I mentioned, Instagram stories are what's called vertical videos. So they basically are produced um, very, very quickly and easily normally using a mobile phone and they actually last for around about 24 hours typically. So they will disappear. They're only um, a short short life content, um, so to speak, but they're really wonderful to display on mobile phones because they're video, it means they actually, because they're vertical, sorry, it means they're actually perfect for displaying on that mobile phone screen, being that rectangular shape. Um, there are live videos where you simultaneously record and broadcast in real time. They can also be really, really wonderful um, above and beyond um, recorded videos. And lastly, selfie videos. So people actually holding a device um, themselves and looking into it like you do when you take a selfie photo. So a lot of those types of videos are doing really well. They're often very much done on the fly, whether it's at a horse event or um, even people um traveling on the road so if you're a passenger in a vehicle and you're towing your horse float a lot of people are are using that kind of selfie format to to actually really engage their audience and and share some updates from their day and what they're doing and, um, and those videos can work really well if
1: you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the horse chats website go there now have a look Horsechats.com. It's getting so much more sophisticated, you know, the, the whole. So, well, I think marketing, social media. Anything else you can tell us about just the way that things are moving forward into that more sophisticated um, type form of marketing?
0: Mm, definitely. So, what we're seeing with uh, like Facebook, so a lot of people are actually finding products on Facebook and then going through and purchasing a little bit later on. It doesn't always happen straight away. And that's why it's important to be advertising consistently if you are advertising on social media. Um, but what's really interesting is what's happening here is that social media used to be basically uh, an awareness and engagement part of the sales funnel. It used really to be something where people were using it to maybe start working, to maybe stumble across things but not really actively shopping. Um, that's really changing. Uh, even Instagram shopping, um, is starting to happen. So what's happening in the sales funnel, Facebook and the like are only starting to, um, they're not so much only limited to awareness and engagement in the sales funnel. They're actually now becoming the consideration and the purchase part of the sales funnel. And I think that's what's really interesting is that advertising is getting more sophisticated and, and people need to be aware that people are making purchases on Facebook, on Instagram, or from Facebook
1: to Instagram. Which is mm, okay, okay. What about groups within social media? You know, we talk about it being social. Should we form groups? Should we create communities? Can you talk a bit about that?
0: Mm, yeah, most definitely. So, groups are a really great way to um, essentially build a more intimate community. So, it's really that question for a business of, is it best for you to have a page with 10,000 followers who barely ever interact with you and your content? Or is it better to have a smaller group of 100 customers or strategic partners or referrals who are actively engaging with you in conversations? So one particular trend um, that horsey businesses should really think about this year is if they can create and manage groups uh, to really kind of promote their story Uh, and tell their message uh, to a more interesting community. So groups are definitely trending uh, on both Facebook and LinkedIn. So Facebook groups are for your B2C horse business where they do have a product or a service uh, for a typical consumer type market. And then LinkedIn groups are really helpful to reach other professionals in a more B2B environment.
1: All right. All right. Okay, so moving into, you know, we're well into the 21st century, the automation of the customer support. How can we do that? And, you know, when's it too much? When's it just the right touch? Having the personal touch and people not thinking that, you know, we're just sort of interested in, in getting machines. How can we get that? And how can we get just the right mix there of the automation
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so automation is a really interesting one. So artificial intelligence behind things like chatbots and automated messaging. So now you can obviously set pre-written messages um, to answer common uh, and frequently asked questions on your Facebook Messenger, for example, or within your inbox. So we need to be really careful, again, between this fine line between how much we try and automate and streamline our time um, to be effective with customer service, Um, but also making sure that, you know, as humans, we can tell very quickly when we're dealing with a chatbot, when we're dealing with um, a a machine, essentially. So we don't want to take the human out of it um, to too much of a degree. One thing um, that I found really interesting is an author called Mark Schaefer, who says that businesses have systematically been taking the social out of social media for more than a decade. And I think that we are teetering on that if we go too deep into automation. I think it's very obvious um, if all you're receiving from a company are pre-written automated. Um, you know, And those things can cause a lot of harm and um, a lot of damage um, for your customers and how they experience your business if you try and be too automated. Um, th- that being said, on the flip side, artificial intelligence is improving all the time. And I think that you know with real people in our businesses pulling the levers, writing messages and keeping them really fresh and frequently updated to make sure they are as human as possible, it means that we can use automated customer service um, as long as there are real people behind who are keeping control of those messages and making sure that we're not falling into the trap of of losing people because we're seen to be too inhuman.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, I'm speaking from horse businesses. Most horse businesses are small businesses, and we haven't got, I suppose, the funds to go out and do mass media, but the micro-influencers, the nano-influencers, first of all, explain what is a nano-influencer, and what's the difference between a micro and a nano, and how can they help us as a small business owner within the horse industry?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, Micro and Nano uh, essentially create opportunities for small and medium enterprises to essentially use influencer marketing. So, when we think of the most powerful form of marketing, it is still always going to be uh, word of mouth referrals. What someone says about a product, a service or a business is immediately and always going to be more powerful than what a business says about themselves. But as you can imagine, a lot of celebrity level influencers who have hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers, the cost of getting their endorsement is going to have a very high price tag and that's just going to be prohibitive. So, what we are seeing emerging um, in response to all of that are micro and nano influencers. So, micro influencers normally have around kind of that 10,000 follower mark. Maybe a little bit more, um, but well and truly in the tens of thousands, not in the hundreds of thousands uh, where the price tag can get too steep. And then nano-influencers are even smaller than that. So they might be um, an individual competitive horse rider, for example, who has between 1,000 and 5,000 followers. Now, what we're looking at when we talk about influencers is that level of influence. So it's all well and good for someone to have a million followers. But if they're not actually getting real engagement, it's pretty pointless um, and it really is a waste of money. So even someone who is essentially a representation of your ideal customer, so say, for example, it's a medium-level eventer, young female who's very switched on, very sensitive social media and has around 5,000 followers and gets a lot of engagement on her Instagram account, she's going to be someone who could work really well with a company who wants to promote uh, clothing or equipment and the like to her audience, um, but without having to obviously put a really, really high bill.
1: Okay. It's certainly a good tip for small business owners. Now, you talked before about the whole story, storytelling. How can we start a conversation without it being a sales pitch? Because ultimately we we'll want to sell, but we don't want to just be out there as the typical used car salesman or someone who's just – selling, selling, selling. We want conversations to get the engagement. What can you tell us about that? Mm -hmm.
0: I guess one thing I want to start with here actually is a lot of experience I have on LinkedIn because I use LinkedIn quite a bit to promote myself um, as a professional equine marketer. Um, But what I actually find is a lot of people connect with me on LinkedIn from all around the world, which is a really incredible thing that is made possible um, by LinkedIn. But often what happens is I will uh, accept someone's connection request and within a day or a couple of days, I will all of a sudden get hit with a message from them that simply tells me about their business, about a product or a service that they offer. They haven't asked me about me. They haven't told me um, anything really to start kind of building the relationship. All I'm getting hit with uh, is a sales pitch and often the sales pitch is not relevant to me. Often they're asking me a question, um, that really is going to be answered by their ideal customer. And I'm not that. I'm, I'm a B2B professional um, and with companies in a very capacity. So we really need to actually start to think about how we can slow down and not in such a rush to go to the pitch. Um, the most powerful way to do that, and I think the most effective way to do that, is actually really focus on the long game. And that really is creating a connection. So if you're going to connect with someone on a platform like LinkedIn, say thank you for the opportunity to connect with them. And the the way to start the conversation is by potentially asking some questions over a period of time to learn really if they're actually going to be the right fit um, for what you're trying to sell in the first place. So having more of an elongated sales process rather than going straight into the pitch, I think is really important because it can be really off-putting to all of a sudden get hit with that kind of message. Um, So we also need to remember that something I talked about at the very beginning of today's podcast was that the newness of social media is kind of wearing off, you know. It's no longer really good enough for horse businesses to be on Facebook Simply because everyone else is, that's not really a good enough reason anymore. They need to be on there because it's part of their strategy. They need a reason to be on there. And obviously, an actual strategy behind it is really important. So, when we think about being social, it's not about the pitch, it's about customer service, providing information of value. So, one thing I've done recently is launch an ebook, which contains all of these podcasts in a blog format. And people from all around the world have requested this ebook. It's full of tips, it's full of advice. I might not get anything back out of it, but it shows that I'm willing to provide information and I'm willing to be helpful first. And I think that's really important um, to remember is that the best form of marketing and the best form of sales is actually being helpful, not just about the clothes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know how helpful you are on the podcast as well. You know, every time we chat, you've got something, you really give a lot of value to people who are listening. And um, yeah, you've certainly got the experience and specifically within that equine marketing. Now, if people would like a copy of this ebook, what's the best way?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, the best way would be to uh, contact me directly. So, there's a couple of ways they're very welcome to do that. Um, and please don't feel, anyone who's listening, please don't feel that what's going to happen after you get the ebook is I'm going to send you a sales pitch. I'm simply giving it out to people if they want to continue the conversation, they can. So, please don't be afraid to give me a call if that's the easiest way to ask for a copy. You can reach me on one-three 077 126 or on mobile 0432 972 I'll just get your details and send you a copy either on email or through LinkedIn. Uh, that being said, you're also very welcome to flip me an email. You can reach me on sophie at archacreator.net.au or simply find me on LinkedIn. So you can connect with me. My name is Sophie Barrington um, and you'll find me at linkedin.com forward slash equine marketing expert. Flip me a message, give me a quick call, send me a text and I'd be happy to send a copy to you. I'll just need an email address um, from you so that I can send you a PDF.
1: Brilliant. If you did miss those details and you're out riding or something, just go to horsechats.com and search for Sophie and you'll find those contact details at the bottom of each page. Sophie, again, thank you. Thank you for coming, for sharing all these 10 trends for thriving social media presence. You know, as always, you've got lots of information and look forward to talking to you again. My
0: pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on and looking forward to next month.
1: Thanks, Sophie. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Remember Horse that Horse our comments and com instructions are general in and do not take into consideration I your two. individual
0: horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.